One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this, my friends, is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napson. And I am Joseph Scrimshaw, and today we have on our plate of Star Wars deliciousness some news and some cues. News and cues and talks of food, that's what we do around these parts. Yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> Got to get into some great questions as well, and uh, and more. Before we do that, hey, you know what we do here. We want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you, yes, you, should try out on us. But that's not all. No, we have another offer. Inside Editions is a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books and other pop culture books. In fact, I saw a gift for my wife uh, advertised and realized, hey, 
that's on Inside Editions. You know what I'm going to do? Use this discount. They are offering 35% off across their website if you use this special link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we are recommending the Inside Editions book, Jedi Artifacts. It's a fold-out book that has, exactly as the title describes, a bunch of Jedi artifacts, some timelines. Uh, I used to do a show on the Force uh, Center podcast feed called Star Wars Counseling. I'm using this book as Star Wars Counseling. If there's uh, too much discourse and things get a little heated, I've been opening up this and just looking at those artifacts, and they make me so happy about Star Wars. So if you want to have that experience, you can use the link insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. I uh, I was going to say, man, I I love uh, enjoying Star Wars, so I'm going to dump some artifacts out (laughs) of my uh, are you in you flipped this thing open right i absolutely have yeah i have it right here in in the studio and uh it's just one of those fun little uh star wars books that you just you can just you just look at it on your shelf and you don't even know need to open it you're like yeah star wars man it, it's it's cool it's yeah cool. lightsabers jedi good intentions come on yeah yeah good intentions good intentions well like joseph said use that link inside editions.com slash discount slash fc35 and you can check out the Jedi artifacts as well. Uh, we also like to talk about Star Wars and life adventures. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, I have such a quiet, relaxing weekend. It seems boring and I have no adventures. But uh, so, Joseph, <laughs> hopefully you uh, went, uh, went wild this weekend. Uh, I went wild by going to a public park and a bookstore, which did feel wild. Uh, <laughs> um, I've been in a, a lot, uh, got a lot going on uh, professionally, personally, lots of stuff. It's such a busy and exciting time uh, for Star Wars between Boba Fett and High Republic. So there's always a lot going on. And uh, yesterday on Sunday, as we record on Monday, uh, my wife and I are like, we both need to get out of house. So we went to uh, this wonderful park, garden uh, institution Huntington Gardens in uh, in the general Los Angeles area in Pasadena. Uh, and then there's a used bookstore that I wanted to go check out. Uh, so we did that all masked and everything. And uh, yeah, I <laughs> uh, found a couple of fun Star Wars books, Ken. Uh, one I did not pick pick up, but I was like, is this some weird knockoff? Because it was there was a picture of the Falcon on it. And then there was a word, I can't remember what word, and then it said Yon Solo with a Y. It's like, what else? Like, oh, it's, it's a French edition. <laughs> <laughs> of a of a Star Wars book. Uh, so I took a picture of that one, but I didn't pick it up. What I did p- pick up, Ken, is there's this weird little volume uh, that I know physically existed, but I had never myself seen in a store. Mm. Came out, I believe, in early 2016. And it's uh, like Aliens of the Galaxy in its uh, Force Awakens tie-in. And it's where that story that always pops up <laughs> on Wikipedia research mm-hmm. of... Um, Sedan Athano uh, in the the Lost Treasure of Count Dooku, and it's got a Constable Zuvio story that introduces his cousins. <laughs> That's right, cousins. Yes, yeah. It's just it's this one little random book. It says Volume One. I don't know if there were more volumes. It pops up on Amazon all the time. Where Amazon's like, "Do you want to buy this for your Kindle?" And I don't. I don't read books on electronic mm. devices. It's just a. I, I like physically having them and smelling them and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was delighted. To see that physical book uh, at this used bookstore, so I grabbed that. Yeah, see, there you go. You can always find Star Wars somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's everywhere, and it's absolutely beautiful. My other Star Wars adventure, Ken, uh, was a fun book adventure uh, where the Tashin book, that uh, great Star Wars archives, the prequel edition, yeah. it came up on social media because I, I follow the author who always shares interesting and insightful things. Uh, saying, hey, it's on discount. Instead of $200, it's $100. Ooh. 
And I, I clicked through right away and it was like short time while supplies last. And I was like, ah, mm, my wife's working from home today. I, I shouldn't just hit the button. <laughs> I, I should check. So I walked into the other room and it's like, so uh, there's this Star Wars book. It's very expensive. And she's like, oh, you mean that Tashin one? I just saw the ad for it. And I was going to tell you, you should buy that. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. But, so that yeah. very large book is on its way. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. We'll have to dive through that here on the show. I, I think the, the bigger question, other than the monetary commitment that it takes to purchase that book, is the size of the book and the storage options that you'll need to discuss. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really thinking that we need a new coffee table. <laughs> as as Bail Organa would say, now is the time. Yeah, yeah. Now is the time. Yes, if you need a new coffee table, now is the time, says also Obi-Wan. Yes, yes. Dion Madon. Yes, that's true. That's true. Sorry. If so, you have sorry. a better bookcase, now is the time. So it is. So it is. Yeah, um, so it is. is what I meant. Um, man, I'm excited for you. I'm. Uh, I am uh, just up to Revenge of the Sith on that book. So, take my time, page by page. Yeah, just really uh, letting it soak in, huh? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it's great, Paul Duncan. Wonderful job. That's uh, just. It's. It's to my. Two of my favorite things that I own in Star Wars. I could just live in them all day. Just And they're so big, you can just crawl into them. <laughs> well, I can't wait to have that arrive, hopefully on the same day that uh, my Razor Crest arrives, and I will simply just uh, have no physical space left in my home. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. So, yes. Yeah, I know, right? So anyway, uh, those are my Star Wars adventures. I am very curious about your relaxing weekend and how Star Wars uh, became a part of your relaxing weekend. <laughs> well, you know, it was... You, you and I live that kind of professional life, Joseph. We're pretty much always working seven days a week and sometimes it's fine. And, and I am work. Work is me. I have no problem with that. Uh, but other times you just want to kick back. And uh, so I finally, I made a run out. Uh, I was donating some books to a library, the Chatsworth branch, uh, the Los mm. Angeles County Library. Uh, my friend Chris, a listener to the show, uh, we sometimes read his questions, is Carbon Swap. Chris is a librarian, former stand-up comic with me. And so I went out there. So we, we caught up. We actually went to a park as well. We, we went to a Del Taco because we both love Del Taco and they, you know, no inside dining. So uh, we were uh, out uh, having a picnic in, in, in this windy part of the valley. Um, but I swung by my comic shop and got all my comics. And so I was like, you know what? I, I just really need to buckle down and, 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 and not let these Star Wars ones linger. So I'm trying to get through them. And I've admitted before, I've, I've been pretty direct about it in our Discord where, you know, the comics, last couple of years, especially the Marvel, Marvel mainline stuff, I just, I haven't connected with it as much. It hasn't been my, my favorite Star Wars stuff. Not that there's not great things in them and the, the, the Rise of Kylo Ren stuff. We love that here. Um, so I say that, but I also want to make sure if I connect with something, then I want to share that. And, and I hmm. really, really enjoyed them. Four issues in, I forget, I know it's a shorter run series, so... Um, a Trail of Shadows, which is the High Republic a little sub-series from uh, Daniel Jose Older and uh, uh, David Wachter uh, is uh, the, the man uh, drawing all that wonderful stuff there. And it is, um, it's it's just been fun. I've really enjoyed the series. This follows uh, Jedi uh, Emmerich and a uh, kind of a private investigator, uh, Cien, and uh, she's also uh, plays, uh, plays uh, music. She's a singer, all this stuff. And it's just... Um, it's just been a lot of fun and it's been something different, very well written. Um, and, it, and it runs along this, you know, this, the fallen star actually runs up to it and, and picks up from uh, one of the big deaths. Uh, I'm trying to guess, keep some spoilers. out of Yeah. It. Anyways, all that to say, not just the adventure and the plot and what's going in it. I just, I just really had a fun 
read and and as i said sometimes the comics it's not because they're bad it just i struggle to connect with them i feel as though it's a chore sometimes uh, i got a stack of 10 i gotta get through them and i'm just flipping pages and this one i actually read the first two and i was like oh i got three and four right here i'm gonna keep reading and i finished uh, <laughs> those four so i want to shout out uh that uh, that series the high republic trail of shadows comic Oh, that's great. I'm really looking forward to that. I've heard nothing but good things. I generally try to uh, wait until it's uh, all collected. So I think uh, one more issue, then there should be a, a whole volume and I'll buy it. But yeah, everything I've heard about it, that it's got these great, great uh, noir, uh, you know, aesthetic to it, noir ideas. Um, and I'd really like that idea of Jedi investigating, of Jedi actually looking into a problem actively instead of just meditating about it. Yes, yes. And the newer stuff, yeah, yeah. Obi Wan will be proud. This is a great <laughs> investigation there. So, so, so I was able to sit back and read that, and and that was kind of kind of it for Star Wars Adventures. You know, just took some time, relaxed, read some Star Wars for fun. Uh, I am uh, back obsessed with Red Dead Redemption Online. I'm not hunting <laughs> animals. I'm collecting samples from animals. So I just spent like hours <laughs> walking and riding around a map, shooting uh, rabbits with uh, you know sedatives so I could take their samples. It's it was a weekend. It was a uh, when you say you take rabbit samples, I haven't played Red Dead Redemption 2. I've played Red De- Dead Redemption 1. What, do you take, like, some fur to sell? You just, you just, you have your varmint rifle, Justin. Then you put in your, your 22 caliber sedatives that you buy from Harriet, who's the naturalist in the game. And then you go and you, and you chase down animals. And unfortunately, it takes about 12 shots for me to get the animal to go to sleep. <laughs> and Strong you, rabbits. Yes, and you go press uh, square and you get a sample. What that sample is, you just... I don't know. And then you go sell it back to her for, for cash money, which is, it's a great deal. And you save the animal. And then for bonus points, you can revive the animal uh, and, and the animal, you know, wakes back up. And so I always have to do that. And now sometimes it's, you know, wild boar and, and uh, coyotes and stuff. So it's not just the rabbits. So you have to sometimes revive, like I've revived some wolves that have attacked me and you have to revive and run. Revive and run. But I just can't, you know, I, I'm just like, this is why I love, uh, you know, Ray and the Vexus. Like, I just, Ray and even BB-8. Like, I just love, like, hey, you got to show some compassion to your other beans out there. So it's, uh, and, and then occasionally you get in a shootout. But, uh, you know, other than that, the game's been relaxing. That is great. And I think you just predicted uh, what might be the follow-up to uh, Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Revive yes. and run. That is the way of the force. You feel bad about slicing animals with your lightsaber. Now you can just tap them and then revive them. Get an ambiguous sample. I love those ambiguous moments in video games. <laughs> you got a sample. Not going to tell you what it is. Not going to tell you <laughs> at all. So uh, from the high plains of uh, Red Dead Redemption all the way to this galaxy, we're going to go to some Star Wars news and stick with video games. Catching up some news last week, Electronic Arts EA to you and me and Lucasfilm Limited to you and me announced uh, new games in development with Respawn Entertainment. Now, um, up top, uh, this sounds like I'm making some bad joke. I'm not. I am so sometimes disheartened and confused by video game news, Joseph, because I don't <laughs> know what companies are good or not. I don't mean that cynically, or I just am like I want to research it. But respawn going strong, and 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 holding st- steady. So let's all get excited for this. Uh, we have got three games. Here's what we got going on. Stig Asmussen returns to lead the next installment of the Star Wars Jedi series. This is, of course, the Fallen Order series. We kind of touched upon that a little bit. Peter Hirschman will be the game director of the first-person shooter game they've announced. And Respawn is working with another studio, Bit Reactor. I'm, I'm not, it gets so confusing for me. 
Just one company <laughs> make these games. Respawn, working for EA and Lucasfilm, is working with Bitreactor to make the strategy game with game director Greg Forsh. So, no details yet on the games, but all the games, uh, Star Wars games, roll on. As I said, we discussed a possible Star Wars Jedi, our Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order sequel game recently, but our thoughts on these new titles. And then the game styles, because I'm really excited about this strategy one here, Joseph. Uh, what do you think about all this? Uh, I think this is great. I think there's a little bit of the, uh, you've got a great vibe of, here's my dated uh, Saturday Night Live reference for the episode of an unfrozen caveman lawyer. of Like, I don't understand all you strange multi-company video games. One company, just make a video game. Uh, which I, I understand and I relate to. I Googled, uh, yeah, it looks like Respawn has made the Titanfall games a game called Apex Legends that did apparently have some uh, controversy with some people involved, uh, made Jedi Fallen Order, a uh, game Medal of Honor uh, above and beyond, and now it looks like they are uh, must have gone really well working with EA on Jedi Fallen Order because now they are developing all three of these new games that have been announced. Yeah. Yeah, thanks on the fly for that on-the-fly research. Like I said, I'm not joking. I just like, it, number one, it gets confusing too and just forget some of the controversies have been attached to some of the studios, but then I'll be like, oh, I like that game. The people like, oh, Superstar Studios, come on. I'd be like, what? what? Like, look, I thought, to me, it's PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo. Those are the ones that make the games. <laughs> I get how it works, but those are the ones that make the games. It is nice sometimes, I think, when, you know, we're here doing our Star Wars podcast, and we're in deep, and we're like, well, let's really be clear about, is that a scurrier or a womp rat? And, like, all those kind of details that more people, most people be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. That sometimes we approach uh, other things that we are not as immersed in the culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously it is, it's a time of great upheaval for many industries, but clearly video game uh, companies are are one of them. So I think it's, it's worth looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spend a lot of my time uh, typing company name, controversy (laughs) and seeing what pops up but anyway uh point being i think all i take from the respawn thing is that the relationship with jedi fallen order was good so good that not only they're making sequel but two other games with ea yeah yeah that's great stuff there what's jumping out to you uh from these three games and three styles yeah, I'm really excited about just the confirmation of the the Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order follow-up in that it is Star Wars Jedi. Sometimes uh, I think, you know, we have already talked about it because th- these things were, uh, yeah. they were predicted, <laughs> rumored, uh, reported, and this is a, you know, confirmation from actual sources. I'm so excited to see uh, how that develops because I think it's such an interesting story of uh where that game leaves off spoilers that there are Jedi who are actively like, we should go around the the galaxy being Jedi and helping people. But how exactly do we do that under the thumb of the empire? And what are our responsibilities if we're not just going to full force rebuild the order? So picking up that story is fascinating. It could be that that video game is the story of uh, what could possibly be BD one, how he ended up with (laughs) Pelimoto. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, I think the the thing to answer your question directly, Ken, is it's it's really fun to see this era of games where they really announce it's this type of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think when I was gaming much more actively, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, there'd be those games that kind of try to be a little bit of everything. And like one of the game styles would work really well. And then another would be kind of janky. Um, so I'm really excited to see like, are these going to be a little bit like Star Wars Squadrons where it's a little cheaper, a little smaller in scale, but it's just sort of like all in on this one specific idea. Like let's take a Star Wars shooter and make it 
you're not going to fly anything. (laughs) This is the best, just every iteration, every idea about a first person shooter in Star Wars. I, I I like that idea you're putting out there. There's something, uh, even though squadrons didn't fully connect with me, it's, it's, it's fun just to have it there. And because it was priced to go a little lower, it's a little less of a commitment too. If I don't play it, I don't feel bad. <laughs> you know, it's just there. It's part of my library of games. And if I want to fly a Y wing, I go play the game. Uh, so if uh, more direct uh, and and smaller scale, you know, we're we're still waiting for the big giant Red, you know, Red Dead Redemption type or, or Uncharted type of Star Wars game. Fallen Order had those vibes. Um, it was a little too, you know, I, I had to go where I had to go on that game too many times for me. Would have loved to stop, but I, I guess then again, Lego Star Wars might be that too. You can go explore, uh, yeah, garage. So yeah, I, I'm with you on just like knowing what you're gonna get, knowing the style and and approaching it like that. Yeah, and if it's, I don't need everything to be epic. Like, I love wandering in video games, but it is, it does take a huge amount of time. So, mm-hmm. uh, for me, and I think just with the amount of content in general from every form of entertainment, I wonder if we're in a world where it was like, hey, it's it's 40 bucks, it's 12 levels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you play a bounty hunter, a rebel spy, or whoever you're going to be in this first person shooter, that's almost even more attractive to me than something mm-hmm. that I have to give an incredible amount of time to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quit your job and uh, leave your family. Sit at home for 19 straight days playing Star Wars. Yeah, not possible. So uh, I'm on board for that. Um, strategy game, I love this idea. There's been a lot of different kind of strategy games in the past, and I honestly didn't play them as much uh, as uh, as I thought I would because I was a big fan of, like, Age of Empires, Command and Conquer in the 90s. Oh, my God. Garsh used to play uh, that so much, especially Command and Conquer 2. So I've always loved kind of Star Wars games like that. Uh, and if I could get one in big, giant video game form, I'm in. I'm in. If it's a weekend or my life, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. And I, I should always caveat, I have a borderline video game problem. So once I get all in, it's it's hard for me to pull away, which is part of the reason I like the, like, uh, mm-hmm. I can play for this long and I have completed it. Hooray. Um, yeah, the strategy game, though, I'm really with you. I, I would love, uh, you know, on a console, a, a galactic battle type thing. Uh, mm. What do you want out of a strategy game? Um, I want to be able to control down to like some of the minute details, like like really feel like I'm in control of a, of a Star Wars battle. And again, there may have been samples in the past of, of, of this being uh, successfully done. Uh, I didn't play them as much. Uh, Galag was a galactic empire or empire war something one of those galaxy war i can't re- i can't remember that's the point i can't remember um so yeah where i just really feel like i'm i'm d- super in control of my personnel uh what i want to do uh uh you know I, I down to i always make reference to that commodore 64 nasa game where you you're, you're you have to launch up to the space station it's like 1986 you had to hire <laughs> fire the, the correct scientists for your project like that's the kind of control because you know i jokes aside i'm i'm, you know, I'm addicted to mlb the show not because i love playing baseball video games because i do i love baseball but like i love managing the contracts of these players like i'm down to that level so that kind of pulls me in if i could have that control build your (laughs) truly build your army to go uh, defend the galaxy so you want like just for argument's sake it's set in the clone wars Mm -hmm. and like you want to say like okay well clearly there's a separatist push uh on my guido i want to send specifically plo koon and i need his robes to be purple today Yes, I need Plo Koon to go. I need to choose my clone commander. I mean, he, you know, if you choose a Jedi, you'd probably get his commander or his uh, his troops, right? Um, yeah, and mix and match. All right, all right. Today it's it's Quinlan Voss. 
heading over there with, uh, you know, Luminari and Dooley. And, uh, you know, maybe I can convince Rex to join this. But, like, yes, that's exactly what I'm, I'm talking about. In your committee, like this percentage to ground, this percentage to air, that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, you're pitching a game I want now. <laughs> and I know you're longstanding and very good idea that uh, of, a, of a kind of a management game for like pod racing, right? I mean, if this doesn't happen in my lifetime, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm really intrigued by the galactic battle thing uh, because I've so enjoyed on our rewatch of Clone Wars for the the Clone Reports uh, Clone Wars Report show that we do uh, tracking what they actually say about the actual strategy in the galaxy. How that really starts with we're trying to control the outer rim, and then it just kind of sprawls everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be really really fun uh, uh, <laughs> to play the Republic and have the game be you can't win, but have fun. <laughs> Uh, I would I would enjoy that very much. Do you have any desires for the first person shooter? One of the things I thought was really fascinating about that is the 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 game director of that, Peter Hirschman, being someone who has used to be with Lucas Arts and worked on the those original Battlefront games, mm-hmm. saying he's had this idea for a long time. Yeah, does that excite you? Uh, does that make you think it's going to be a specific style of game? Yeah, it does. And, you know, and, and a bum, bummer that uh, Battlefront 3 or something more can come out. I, I love that series. And I, I know you do as well. A lot of people. Yes. Do. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I would like that. As long as see, for me, when I hear first person shooter, I just go, please let me switch to third person view. Please let me switch to third person. I cannot do literal first person shooters. They make me dizzy, <laughs> confused, and I die. I can't do it. I can't do it. I do think it's a lifetime of playing sports games where for the most part you see your player on the field that you're controlling. So that's my first thing, Joseph. Just please okay. please let me I let me take it out of first person. Uh but yeah, something that's fun uh and a little bit more mission oriented would be great because Battlefront just getting all uh, all your figures on the table and playing and and shooting and lightsabers and it's uh, you know you got Padme fighting General Grievous or General Grievous <laughs> fighting Ray you know it's just, it's all it's all there but like uh, I would love uh, if it had some I don't want to say point to it but you know what I mean like it, it's objectives mission and you are part of this team on the ground uh, uh, you know winning a battle and and it's a little more slower pace the the battle royale everything's happening at once feel the battlefront is very fun but sometimes um, it's monotonous but also I just kind of have fun while I just kind of, you know, my mind uh, goes elsewhere and I'm relaxing, right? It's almost a Zen state of pew, pew, pew. <laughs> but if I can be a little bit more engaged, uh, but from uh, that ground level, I think I'd be into that. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand the Zen of just uh, spending a peaceful afternoon up in a Kashyyyk tree uh, trying to snipe General Grievous from afar. Yeah. I, I understand just the absolute beauty yeah. of that. It's a it's a day in the park, the Del Taco Park. Uh but yeah, the, I, I think part of it, I know games have evolved massively, but a huge part of my video game love uh, it is that first person shooter, all the various James Bond games I played, GoldenEye, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Bioshock. Like I, I do just want, I kind of want to have that classic experience of absolutely first person. Uh, here's my hand. I hit a button to reload and my hand goes down, comes back up with a different blaster. <laughs> and I somehow have 18 blasters uh, magically strapped to one tiny belt and I'm going down a corridor and I got a duck behind this. And like, yeah. I kind of just want that classic experience. And I'm, I'm just so curious about era. If he said, this is a story he's had in mind since the early two thousands, when he was originally working on the, the original battlefronts, it's that, speak to being set in the prequel era or the original trilogy era uh, i kind of feel like you know i know a lot of people would love a, a mando game but just a general you you play a new bounty hunter that'd be fun 
Yeah, there's something about it makes me think that that it's uh, more with the the clones or something like that. But mm. even then, he could, you know, he could he in the early 2000s he could have been excited about the Battle of Endor too. Um, but yeah, your idea of a specific character or player or you know whatnot to, and attach it to the to the bounty hunter world that'd be fun too. If if it's a little bit of a first person slash strategy of how you're going to take this person into custody. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be called Star Wars: Warm or Cold. Yes. That's exactly what it's going to be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's great stuff there. And uh, yeah, as far as the, the far as the uh, Jedi uh, Star Wars Jedi or Fallen Order uh, continuation. Yeah. I think we discussed that in more detail probably will again, but yeah, there's definitely a story to tell the fact that they're leaning into this Star Wars colon Jedi series. Is there any thought in your head at this point, Joseph, that we could go I Republic, we could go old Republic, we could go anywhere or just uh, some random Jedi in a different era. Yeah, no, I think that would be really fascinating if it is, you know, the idea of let's take this mechanic that was really successful and this quality of storytelling and, hey, yeah, it's a, another Jedi in the High Republic era or the prequel era. I would be very excited by that. I would also be, I think, uh, I would brace for impact because so many people were so moved and engaged by the story of Cal and Sarah and Marin and BD one that I think there's such hunger to see what happens to them next. Uh, I think I would also brace for impact. <laughs> well, well yeah. I'll be happy to play a Jedi in any era. And I really trust these, uh, these writers to come up with a story that I'd like, but I am also, I'm sensitive to how much people love those characters. Yeah. Look, and it would be, really odd if they're like it's the new star wars jedi game what happened to cal kessis oh no 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 we're doing something else it would be odd. <laughs> a lot yeah but hey the big point of this all joseph is we're gonna have star wars games for a while and many many choices and you know what as it, it definitely rounds out the experience as a star wars fan absolutely it does. Speaking of uh, rounding out um, uh, the our experience of uh, as a Star Wars fan, someone who's been making our experience as a Star Wars fan fun is Bryce Dallas Howard. Was that a good transition? Probably not. We'll get to go with it. Let's talk Bryce Dallas Howard. I am uh, looking at a, a little story here from our friends at Star Wars News Net. Miguel Fernandez put together a story uh, based off of uh, a tweet sent out by Discussing Films uh, Editor-in-Chief Jason Fisher, uh, tweeting that sources tell him Bryce Dallas Dallas Howard will be back for an episode of Mando season three. Now uh, we're not really diving in that story. I don't know the sources, but also it just also kind of makes sense. Uh, it just, it's, it's, it's a, not a big leap to think that she'd be back for that, but uh, without confirmation, we'll just leave that as it is. Um, so while not a fact yet, this bro- bro- uh, rumor brings joy to star Wars fans. And, and that's been prevalent the last few days in this last week, just everywhere you look, it's just joy, joy, joy for the work of Bryce Dallas Howard. She herself uh, experience the joy uh, posting and tweeting out and Instagramming uh, thumbnails of uh, Star Wars reactors and YouTube channels, including uh, the fine folks at Heroes Reforged with Hector Navarro, uh, Augie, Adam Halavik, uh, Augusto Rios, and then uh, even Wendy Lee and her husband Dustin on their channel. A lot of people getting shout outs from Bryce Dallas Howard, and she just was feeling the joy, feeling the love. And many people, including us here, have been uh, calling, whatever that means, raising <laughs> our hands, calling for her to direct more Star Wars movies, shows. Otherwise, like I said, we agree. But I just thought this was a good opportunity to um, talk why, the why of the work of Bryce Dallas Howard and, and why is it connecting with Star Wars fans. So let's 
Let's talk about this. It's BDH day here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is really fascinating to go really relook at the episodes that she's directed, right? So mm-hmm. season one is uh, chapter four of Mando Sanctuary. Uh, season two is chapter 11, The Heiress. And then, of course, uh, you know, chapter five here of Boba Fett, Return of the Mandalorian. I think um, I think for me what it is, it, it's fascinating to look at what is the role of the director in this context? Because uh, we often uh, give the auteurship, right? The uh, the ultimate creative ownership of something to the director. Yeah. Um, in this context, uh, these scripts are, are obviously coming largely from Favreau, from Filoni, right? Uh, so it makes this really interesting question of kind of what sort of magic is Bryce Dallas Howard sprinkling? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, sometimes when I go to directors, I go like, well, what are they passionate about and, and how is that coming out on screen? And I, I think that is true, but it gets a little mitigated when when they're not the author of the work too, right? Yeah. Um, so I think ultimately for me looking at it that way in particular is I think that she does such a great job of taking what is magical about Star Wars, which is that it is made up of all of these different influences and tones and she blends them together really well and makes them feel all consistent that they Mm -hmm. all go together, that the story is being told by every beat that we are learning about the characters in every beat, regardless of if that beat is action, mm-hmm. kind of zany comedy, really tense drama, intimate moments, uh, a sudden Star Wars exposition dump, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are so many things in these episodes that you could look at them on paper and go, how are we going to bring that all together? And I think the main magic is that she brings them all together and makes them feel like this one package mm-hmm. uh, that feels like Star Wars because it's taking all of these really different tones and ideas and making them feel coherent and, and cohesive. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say all parts equal, right? And mm-hmm. she, she gets all parts of star Wars and, and, and everyone does. And there, we have a large amount of uh, just favorite uh, directorial moments in, in all episodes of Mando and Boba Fett so far, but uh, highlighting her stuff. Uh, it's just, yeah, the, the sweet, the cute, the important, the poignant, the action, uh, you know, going back to her first go around with the, the Sorkin stuff there uh, in, in Mando chapter four. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that episode, I remember the time was such a it, it, it took me a second. It took me a beat. It, the, the tonal shift. There was a little tonal shift from the rest of Mando, I thought. But I think on, on retrospect, it, it, it not as much. It just was a different music to start. Right. We were fishing. <laughs> we were in a village and there was some comedy at work and, and play. But then I think of that sequence of that ATSD, uh, which. You know, a lot of the marketing, uh, toy marketing going into Mando featured that stuff because mm-hmm. uh, Raiders and that and that and that Walker was just like it was big. And, and, to, and for her to turn that into a Jurassic Park, Jurassic World call out, like and, and, and just pulling from her own influences and interests. And, and as well as, you know, again, like you said, working from the scripts, but her saying, yeah, I wanted this, wanted to shoot this like a dinosaur chasing them. I wanted to, uh, you know, this is a go, look going this past week. The N1 Starfighter is shot like a car, a car picture. It, it's, uh, it's, uh, like we're, we're getting, we're on a racetrack. Uh, we're, we're in a garage with some American graffiti. She gets all that, but it, it is filtered through her. And then I, one of the things we, we talked about this past week, is just her pulling the emotions Mm-hmm. Out of all those little moments, like you said, Joseph, uh, focus on it, whether it is sweet, whether it is funny, cute, uh, the stuff uh, with the children, she, she, uh, the little Rodian, the, the, the kids reacting with, with Grogu and from her perspective and, and experiences, uh, you know, as just herself as a mother bringing that in, I, you can't deny that that's 
why it works so well for me. It just, yeah, there. Yeah. And she makes the horror pop too. Like that, yes. that scene at the top of chapter five, uh, of book of Boba Fett uh, of the, the butchery in the butcher shop is both, Oh, that's star Wars. That's cool. This is awful. Yeah. <laughs> right. What's happening is awful. And I feel bad for Din. Like she makes everything happen. But I think why it all works, why like the the scary moments work or the just the cool moments or the the thrilling moments, I think she really makes the audience care about the characters mm. and feel what they're feeling. And if you look at those episodes, you know, yeah, it's the the kids relationship with Grogu in in Sanctuary, um, mm. the the budding tenderness between Mandalorian and, and Omera, right? Um, then the uh, the Eris episode, the 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 relationship between the fish lady and her husband and teaching Grogu, that's not a meal, that's her child, you know? Um, mm -hmm. The Rodian child uh, and that just overall sense of joy that is everywhere in that back half of The Return of the Mandalorian. She just, she finds those moments where you can really, really feel what the characters are feeling so then it makes everything uh, feel more visceral because if you care, then you worry more and then the action is meaningful because you're worried about this person who just had a tender moment. All those things start to connect. Yeah. And, and I think there's just this a smoothness to her episodes, particularly this last one. And it's so fresh in my mind. Yeah. That's part of the, part of the reason, but these two distinct parts, what you called the, 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 my two moms of, of Din. <laughs> uh, so beautiful. Um, it, 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 it's, it's literally two different worlds. The, the bright sands of Tatooine and, and Moss Eisley and the comedy Pelly and the darkness of the armor and, and that sci-fi vibe, all of those kind of combining. And it just, to me, felt like the same episode. It just was the journey. And I think, again, all parts equal her being able to connect that. She is an, an actor's director. And I ain't an actor to tell you that. But you can just, she's had a lot of success as an actor. She knows. And the, the BTS stuff we saw of her on set connecting with the performers and getting the most out of them, uh, even sometimes beyond their abilities. I, I just, I, I, you can't deny that as well, too. It's, it's, it's a total package. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a huge thing for me. Um, having uh, done a lot of acting and directing and writing for the stage, but in particular acting and directing, and it, it is, this is a bias for me, so I'll just, I'll put it out there. Mm -hmm. I really think uh, directors who super want to engage with actors, particularly if they've been actors themselves, can sometimes just get that extra something, that extra mm -hmm. magic from the performers. And I think her long background uh, as an actor really makes a difference in her being able to get the absolute most from the actors. Mm -hmm. I also think, you know, it, it is, um, everybody can have skill, but, uh, but skills are complemented by life experience, right? Yeah. In the fact that she has been immersed her entire life in the language of screen storytelling, right? Yeah. Um, some, some things that other people have to go to school with to learn, she probably just heard in the living room. Right. Yes. <laughs> Since she was five. Right. Um, which is not in any way to say that she isn't talented, but I just yeah. think, you know, um, life experiences add to talent. And I think she's bringing all of those experiences to bear. When you look at chapter five of Book of Boba Fett and it just looks so beautiful, you're just like, that's somebody who just uh, knows screen storytelling, like uh, on this incredibly uh, uh, complex and intimate level. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. And some of those stories uh, that she was telling of, of her uh, dad and Lucas and everyone hanging out, right, was with Kurosawa. That they're all just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's, yeah, like you said, it, it, it's easy to say that. It's easy to say, well, hey, dad's a great director. Too. Hey, you know, that, that only gets you so far in terms of, uh, in I'm just talking about skills. Yeah. You might have some 
some stuff in there. She is so much uh, just become her own uh, director. It's been very clear. And, and without a doubt, um, you know, you, you, uh, you, the love that she's feeling from the Star Wars fans is very well earned. And it's been fun to just kind of see watch. Yeah, absolutely. She is. Uh, she's been doing amazing work, amazing work on these episodes. And well, we wanted to do more work. That's <laughs> what the, the thought is here. So a soft pitch is here. No details needed, Joseph. What would be our dream projects for Bryce Dallas Howard to work on in the Star Wars universe? Well, I want her to do whatever she is passionate about. I mean, that's that's the the uh, maybe a cheat of an answer, but honestly, the the real truth. I think she has made the made these episodes absolutely sing. I think she has brought her real life experiences into these stories, but if she was, you know, involved at the storytelling level in deciding what kind of story do I want to tell? Uh, I just think that could be even uh, more powerful as we get to see like, what is she the most passionate about? Um, yeah. So that's my honest answer. But then in the interest of having <laughs> more concrete answers, mm-hmm. I know there's been lots of, um, excitement ever about the possibility of of telling young leia stories i think she would uh, be absolutely phenomenal at that for for lots of reasons um uh i also think that there is she does she just has such a good job with um uh, making you care about the relationships between people that i think mm-hmm. ideas of family are so important to star wars like found family um if there was a live action show that had a little bit of that vibe uh, that rebels does that really puts uh found family first, right. Yep. Of a of family trying to make their way through the galaxy. That also seems like a, a thing that uh, would, she would really knock out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely with you on all that there. Um, uh, yeah. It would, it would, to, I get, the correct answer is whatever she wants to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just whatever she wants to do. Yeah. And I don't ever want, ever want to pigeonhole someone of where, you know, Hey, this is the only kind of star Wars story you could tell. But we have had such a, uh, at times, a, a lack of mother, just mother mm. in Star mm-hmm. Wars. And what you're talking about with the family stuff, uh, I don't need just just Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, you you get the mom stories. That's not right, and it's not what I mean. But it's been lacking at times in Star Wars. So so Leia with Brea Organa, that those kind of moments on a bigger, grander, grander mythic scale. She was get a movie series or something where the, some of the mechanics of the story are a little different. Uh, I would be into that as well. In terms, for instance, in terms of time period, I, I heard of you know, hey, maybe she should be the one to pick up the solo mantle. Yeah, absolutely, great. Again, cool. If she says yes and wants to do it, I'm on board. But that's um, so I'd be interested to see her do that kind of stuff. And I, I think you're right. The found family, the family in Star Wars, that'd be great. Yeah, I in uh, I really appreciate what you're saying of this idea of the the mother could use some more focus on screen and she's great at that. But that's also uh yeah, why well, I want to lead with whatever she wants because if she's like, you know what, I want Dengar, yeah, <laughs> to wander the galaxy just having a hard time. She would direct that really well too. It, it, it is about what she's passionate about. Yeah, yeah, Dengar alone in a bar. That's what fade in. <laughs> there. Uh, well, we'll see. And uh, hey, uh, right now of. Uh, if that becomes official, that it's Mando's season three is her next uh, go around. Uh, we will celebrate that and let you all know. Uh, so here's to you, Bryce Dallas Howard. Everyone's excited about what you do and what you continue to do in the Star Wars galaxy. That's a look at Star Wars news for now. We're going to take a quick break in a moment. Before we do, we have an audiobook to recommend to you. Joseph, what do you got? Yeah, we are continuing to recommend The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray. It is the latest High Republic adventure, a new book coming out very, very soon. I believe the day that we are releasing this recording, there'll be a new one out. But for now, check out Fallen Star by Claudia Gray and then check out our big review. 
Check it out. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break on the side. Your questions here on Force Center. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Force Center, episode 396 in an ongoing series looking at Star Wars. <laughs> We are going to get to some wonderful questions here. Joseph, what do we got? 
Yeah, we have two questions from Twitter and two from our patrons on Patreon. As always, we'll go first to Twitter. Uh, Kungalushkev says, y'all do great work. If discussing themes in school was done as well as you do it, I'd have been an English major. Anyway, my question. Do you think Star Wars uh, will still be around or discussed a hundred years from now? Thanks. Uh, Thank you for the great question and the very kind compliment. Uh, It has been just a joy to really talk about uh, all the cool, fun stuff of Star Wars um, and also really get into the big ideas underneath. And I'm really glad that uh, that people are, are responding to that and engaging with that. Uh, Ken, do you have any thoughts about uh, that part of it before we get into the question? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would look, I wish I could have discussed themes in school. Um, <laughs> I would have had a maybe different. Uh, well, you know, it wouldn't have led me here. So, uh, no, it's been a lot of fun diving in. We appreciate the, all those kind words there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that was a part of my education, which is, I think, part of the reason that I was, uh, you know, obsessive about it. And it was a part of the uh, the English classes that I was lucky to take in high school that uh, some of my fellow students were into and others not so much. Uh, but it's definitely some of the things that has led me to want to talk about that. So I, I, I'm very, very lucky and, and very grateful for that. And I also just always want to say, like, I really think I was talking to some writer friends who were, who were really talking about how um, you know, viewing, uh, is interactive mm-hmm. at its best. Right. And I, and that's really what it is to me is that, um, I was lucky to get some, some education that, that led me in this direction uh, of thinking about things this way, but I, I don't think it's needed. I think it's just about being interactive. I think it's just about mm-hmm. watching the show and, you know, asking yourself questions. And if there's something that you're not sure about looking for an answer in the text, you know, asking yourself, uh, why does a character feel that way? Why is a character doing that way? You know, just kind of choosing to actively put yourself in, in a character's uh, space boots is what I think it's all about. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Like I said, it, it helps explain what I can call the living history document that these stories are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So thanks again for those kind words. Let's get on to the actual question. Ken, do you think Star Wars will still be around or discussed a hundred years from now? Short answer, yes, absolutely. One of the reasons is it's scary to think, uh, I say pop culture as we know it is kind of in that 70 to 90 year range anyways, right? Going back to some (laughs) of the early comics and stuff like that. And I think uh, the modern era, uh, the true modern era to me is mid 70s because Star Wars is part of that, right? <laughs> like change the game a bit. Yeah. Change the game. And, and Lucas going, Hey, I'm nostalgic for the stories of my youth. Let's retell them here. Um, so even then we're at 50 years of Lucasfilm. Crazy <laughs> to think. So a hundred years from now, 150 years. Yeah. I think uh, who, who, whoever is here, we'll look at them. And my thought is Joseph, that star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. Right. I don't want to be dark, depressing, like a sci-fi movie that George didn't want to make. <laughs> yeah, no, but the, whoever's here just gave me this flash of like, you know, it's maybe some aliens are going to take over. <laughs> You're like, what, what, what did these people listen to? What yeah. did they watch? Or it's a record of what they think is real, like, like it's a documentary. <laughs> well, we've come to the wrong planet. They're, we're going to be attacked. Uh, maybe it's the Yuuzhan Vong. Um, I think uh, Star Wars, along with some other big properties, and yeah, I'm even looking at like uh, Lord of the, the Rings, uh, not the films, but also the books and everything. But I think Star Wars itself, go with me here, will kind of become the standard bearer for myths, just like Joseph Campbell and and his work was the standard bearer for like George and others making the stories where, Mm -hmm. you know, it was always like, I I read, uh, I read Joseph Campbell's book. Uh, You know, I read that, I studied him and I wrote this. I think it will be, and it already kind of is, but like, yeah, I I studied Star Wars and I wanted to tell my own myth. And Star Wars has so many influences. Um, 
Dune and all these things always come up. And it's like, yeah, George has always said, yeah, I took from that stuff. I think we already see people taken from Star Wars. And I mean that in a good way. But I think it will be be around uh, and and discussed in that way. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you know we are in a a volatile time of history, so I, I don't think you're being too too dark to go. It, well, it's really interesting to think what uh, life will be like a hundred years from now. Life always changes, uh, but we're in a particularly uh, volatile time, I think. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think that Star Wars will still be discussed. I kind of think that in terms of of watching it, uh, I do wonder, Ken, if there will be a little bit of a pendulum swing against uh, IP. Uh, it, you know, big branded IP in the next 10 years or so where there's going to be a little bit of pushback because I think that's that's what happens anytime that there's a lot of one thing, there yeah. gets to be kind of a pushback against it. Um, so I think that there's a possibility that maybe uh, Star Wars would go into a, a little bit of a quieter space, you know? Yeah. It's done that. It's disappeared entirely. Um, <laughs> I would argue in like the late 2000s, it was in kind of a slightly quieter space, right? Because they're yep. diehard EU fans and Clone Wars is going strong, but then it re-explodes with the uh, the sequel era, right? And so I think that might, you know, be at a low ebb at some point. But I think that, you know, we're in such a time where, uh, yes, people, people producing uh, any sort of screen uh, storytelling, they want uh, IP. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I do think Star Wars is different than just like a reboot of a popular sitcom from 20 years ago. Right. Because it is uh, always been a generational tale. It's a tale that spans thousands and thousands of years and billions of planets. So like Mm. the canvas of Star Wars is so huge. It's not like this kind of one and done reboot. And I don't think it's ever going to be that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well said. Uh, it goes on and on and on, and the story still have value. And then the thing is, yeah, it, it, you're right. If there's a pushback against IP in, in any way, shape, or form, Star Wars, you and I often talk about it. Hey, we, I watched this movie, and there was a bunch of Star Wars stuff in it, like just yeah. themes, those themes that we're talking about here, and it can inspire so many. I, th- I think that will be what keeps a lot of the spirit of Star Wars going. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think for for viewing, if it's uh, even if there is kind of a pushback at the kind of pop culture that that we have right now that we're really heading into right now, I think Star Wars will ultimately survive that even if there are ebbs. But for the discussion, I love what you're saying, Ken. I think Star Wars is always going to be discussed exactly because of the way Lucas constructed it, that it is this mix of great deep philosophy. And some of it has a kind of unique Star Wars spin, but a lot of it is philosophy that is called from all sorts of different forms of art, forms of culture. And when you're really tied into it and think about it a lot, you see it everywhere. Um, uh, uh, my wife and I uh, had fun watching a uh, lady from Shanghai and uh, film noir Orson Welles, Orson Welles film from 1948. And they were talking about human nature and whether or not to push back on the dark sides of it. And it was like, we just had this conversation about this high Republic book yeah. <laughs> that relates to exactly that. It's got this depth of philosophy but it's also packaged in all the whiz bang adventure stuff that Lucas liked. And I think that is a gift and a curse, right? The fact that it looks cool and sounds cool. It's got this package that really draws people to it. And I think that's a gift and a curse because it draws people to it. But then some people who don't like, (laughs) uh, lightsabers and wizards and spaceships and think that's lesser, it, it, it makes them kind of agitate towards Star Wars, you know? 
Uh, I think it's kind of a gift and a curse that Star Wars is both pulp and depth. And I think it's always going to have this kind of, uh, does, people are going to want to look at it because yeah. it is both one of the most popular things ever. And then almost always, it's also on the defensive. <laughs> it's in this weird position where you're like, ah, Star Wars, everybody loves Star Wars. Yeah. But we all know as fans, like everybody loves Star Wars. It's one of the most popular things ever. But a lot of times through the years, if you start a casual conversation, you will very quickly get on to what part of it people currently despise. <laughs> <laughs> and it will always be, I think, uh, heralded. And also there's always going to be these critics who are like, but isn't it just wizards and spaceships? And is that really, uh, we're really elevating this? Like that tension, I think, is still going to be here a hundred years from now. Just human nature. Might be. Yeah. Yeah. We'll always be on the playground having to defend uh, defend our t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It'll be long forgotten that people didn't like the prequels, but we will be... Uh, We'll be fighting about the uh, the new trilogy of films about Boba Fett's great grandchildren. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts, Ken? No, uh, I uh, you know I won't be there, but you all who are listening, hundred years from now, hope you enjoy Star Wars. Well, I'm going to try to follow the uh, Bomar monks idea, and I'm going to have <laughs> I want to be a brain in a jar so I can at least listen to the future podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to our next question from David Bednar. Uh, David says, "What are your top three? This is good Star Wars things that you just love to see in a Star Wars thing. It could be anything from characters to aesthetics to plot twists. My three, for example, are one cool jackets, two people squabbling, <laughs> three sudden." unexpected Muppets. Uh, and then David included a gif of a uh, clony from rise of Skywalker. Uh, so Ken, this is, this could be eight podcasts, right? But uh, to entertain this question, what, what are, what are your three things? Yeah. And I cheated. Uh, here we go. Uh, number one, I will say, and it is very vague, right? Very just uh, general, but sound effects. Uh, you know, I don't, to the genius of Ben Burt and Matthew Wood and all that have uh, come after, uh, you know, seismic charges, but go back to that Wookiee growl and the uh, Falcon taken off, a lightsaber, the hiss of the lightsaber, all those things we love. Anytime there's a new sound or, or a reworking of an old one, or you hear, hear that thing as seismic charges, every time it pops up, it's like, Ooh, but even uh, hearing, I remember Star Wars Rebels, that first episode and the speeder bikes. Go by, and they're different versions of speeder bikes, but they definitely sound like the ones on Endor, and that just kind of makes you go, "Oh yeah, this is Star Wars. This is Star Wars." So I'm going to start there. Oh, that's very good. Okay, that's your number one. It's my uh, yes. Well, uh, oh yeah, I guess I didn't uh, exactly rank these. I just kind of dumped them on the table. But yes, that's my first one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, tell you what. Uh, why don't you go through your whole list, and then I'll go through mine. Okay. Next on the list is uh, capes. Got to have a good cape. Uh, you know, from Vader to Krennic, Krennic's the big one for me because Lando, maybe the king of capes, Kira, maybe now we call her the queen of capes. Uh, but I look at the Krennic, this middle management guy, grumpy, dastardly. But I look at his outfit, I'm like, <laughs> oh man, that's a great outfit. I love that outfit. So you got to have a good cape in space. That's, that's right. Like if you walked into a party, you would assume like he's the one throwing it because of that cape. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Uh, so when a character shows up and they have a cool cape, you know, they are Star Wars. And then this one, I, I will say it's I, I, I tried to uh, when I looked at David's list of people squabbling, I was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. That's that's kind of there, too. And I was like, do I have a version of that? And I was thinking of like inspirational moments or when the music swells and, you know, John Williams could be the answer 
for a lot of things uh, <laughs> about Star Wars. But I went through uh, people smiling at people. There's mm. there's a lot of moments, <laughs> a lot of moments where it's our heroes and it's a little smile, whether it's sad, like Cassian and Jin, uh, you know, smiling as they're going up that elevator, a little tiny moment of just say, hey, it's here. Or, uh, you know, Han giving one of his, uh, hey, it's me kind of smiles. Uh, even uh, Luke in R2 when he's on the Falcon and Last Jedi and he kind of smiles and gives him a wry smile when R2 cheats. There's just a lot of that all the way through. Oh, yeah. Obi-Wan smiling at Luke right before he lets Vader cut him apart. <laughs> See, uplifting smiles. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a good rank topic. Best smiles in Star Wars. Best smiles. Best, uh, you know, rise smiles before death. That is great. Did you really hold yourself to three or did you have runner ups? Oh, I had one that snuck in um, because on the other side of that, I thought, you know, I really do like people smiling. It's, it's joy. It's Star Wars. But on the other side, I like stern British people. <laughs> <laughs> love my imperial officers who doesn't love uh you know uh veers barking orders uh piet uh bounty hunter we don't need their scum uh so yeah i think that has its place in star wars you always kind of need a a stern uh a stern uh british officer uh just glowering all around the galaxy yeah man and now if we could just see a stern british officer break into a smile yeah. a heartfelt smile it's why I love, you know, Captain Moden Kennedy, man, for some reasons, Mark Lewis Jones, just so it's like, ah, yes, exactly. Five bloody minutes ago, we needed this. <laughs> that is a great list. Uh, I uh, I did have a couple of runner ups, uh, mm-hmm. spaceships landing and just <laughs> taking their sweet time to land. That's a very Star Wars thing to me. Uh, cool armor is another one. I think mm-hmm. if just the kind of exotic space armor, everything from, you know, Praetorian guards to Boba Fett, to, to you know, stormtroopers to snow troopers, cool armor, right. uh, found family. That's a big one. Oh. Uh, so th- those are the three of the runner ups. And I tried to just answer this, Ken, just in my gut for me. You're like, yeah. I, cause yeah. I think that's the spirit of David's question of like, what is like, that makes me go, all right, let's do some star Wars. Um, the very, very first one that just jumped to my mind is a great lightsaber ignition moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. About 10 just popped in my brain at once. Yeah. Right. Right. Because most of the times, like in Clone Wars, where, hey, we're in the era where there's a lot of Jedi, like sometimes it's like, what? It's Tuesday. And so eight lightsabers just ignited. Every once in a while, it's like that. But so many moments in Star Wars are about that. Oh, here it comes. Right. <laughs> uh, Luke in uh, Return of the Jedi is one of the, the big ones for me, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of grabbing that saber and that little look of satisfaction as it ignites. Um, you know, uh, Vader in the hallway in Rogue One, right? Where yeah. when I first saw that, a woman behind me literally swore. <laughs> she literally said, oh, bleep, when the lightsaber came on. Like, okay, well, now we know what's coming. Uh, Maul in The Phantom Menace, right? Uh, Tara Sanube in, in Clone Wars ripping out his cane saber. And, sure. Uh, latest, on, I think I was on my mind because that was one of the great moments of, uh, you know, Return of the Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett episode here where it wasn't just cool Mando has the Darksaber. It's that everything slows down. It, the the lightsaber mission moments are often th- everything else about the character stops moving. So it's only the blade moving and then the character springs into action, right? It's yeah. this like very rhythmic beat and it was there with Mando. Yep, yep. Yeah, so that that's a that's a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is just on the emotional level. Uh, smile is great. Uh, I went with a triumph of the light side. Um, I think heroes often win, but one of the things that's always going to make it feel like Star Wars to me is that it is a triumph of working together, or even though it's difficult, choosing 
uh, the path of empathy and kindness and uh, just a, a, a triumph where not only did the heroes win, but they won in the way that they want to fight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think we've talked so much about the Kenobi-Maul uh, duel in Rebels, where Kenobi has to fight to, to defend Luke, but there's just, there's nothing... Uh, but really empathy in it, right? And the way he holds Maul. Um, Luke projecting a crate and knowing, like, I need to be seen as a hero. I need to save everybody, uh, but I don't need to raise a lightsaber to to Kylo. It's not going to do anything for anybody, you know? Um, Leia reaching out to Ben, especially just after, you know, Ben saying, I can never go back to her, Mm. right? I could list a, a million of them, but it's that feeling of, not only did the hero win, but they won in, in this way that is how they want to fight. Yeah, love it. That's big. That's the spirit yeah. of Star Wars right there. Love it. Yeah, that's a big spirit of Star Wars for me. And then uh, to end on the really enjoying the pulp side of thing, um, a bonkers weird alien. <laughs> yeah. okay. You can see aliens lots of places. Uh, you know, if, if this was my Star Trek list, this would be aliens with uh, odd, you know, foreheads and uh, bridges of their nose. But for <laughs> Star Wars, it's, you know, it's the the hammerheads, the Momana Duns, the Lulilo Primok, the Jarl Poof, or like, this is bordering between cool and just absurd, right? That's Star Wars, just a weird alien. Along with an unexpected Muppet. It's all it's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> it's all connected. It all comes together. Uh, great list, Ken. Great question. David, uh, any other thoughts before we move on? Uh, no, other than I, gotta, I still got to get that one of those capes at Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> exactly. I look forward to the next time we podcast in person and, and you have a cape. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> Moving on to our question from our patrons on Patreon. This one comes from Brendan Bozarth. Uh, Brendan says, hey, guys, thanks as always for sharing your Star Wars wisdom. You've inspired me to start my own podcast called The Best Bin Broadcast. That's great. Anyway, musicals, says Brendan. I'm personally not a big fan of them, but had a fun idea recently. If the Star Wars films or really any Star Wars content were made into musicals with songs, uh, what songs could fit into the story? I can definitely imagine Luke singing about wanting to find adventure while looking at the binary sunset, or Rey and Kylo having an awesome duet. Also, a song by Krennic about climbing the Imperial ladder could probably be pretty sweet. (laughs) Uh, I think it's a me and my cape are going places, right? (laughs) Yes. Uh, I'm excited to hear what you guys come up with. Uh, So did did you how how many did you come up with, Ken? Wow, I came up with five. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. You know what? I'll go first this time and then we can close out with your list. Got it. Got it. Uh, Yeah. So because let's see. One, two, three, four. Hey, I held myself to five, too. Uh, I love I love what Brendan's saying because, uh, you know, I was talking to a friend about musicals a while back. I, I wrote a musical for the stage and they're, you know, they're telling me about the I want song, how much that is a structure. And like, oh, you mean like Luke looking at the twin sons? Right, right. <laughs> it's such an I want moment. That's a pl- perfect place. Uh, strangely, uh, maybe I like melodramatic musicals, but almost all of mine are villains. Um, <laughs> I, I thought uh, a little bit of a melancholy song that could kind of turn into a bit of a power ballad, but it is a Vader on the bridge in Return of the Jedi uh, singing a song called It's Too Late for Me, Son. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's some uh, I was going to come up with like musical titles and like just a lot of the dialogue is like, that's a song. Yeah. That's a song title from a musical, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah, totally. Uh, then I went to solo. Um, I think Kira would have some powerful songs, right? Because mm-hmm. the other idea about musicals, right, is you you sing what the character can't express in any other way when they're at the peak of emotion and something has to burst. Yeah. Um, 
So I could see a song like uh, maybe uh, on Severine, maybe on uh, the elevator riding up to see yeah. <laughs> Dryden Voss, but Kira uh, singing a song to Han called We All Serve Somebody. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah. uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Han doesn't sing, but he has some like a talking patter. He's like, nah, come on, Kira. Let's go away, Kira. But she's belting. We all serve somebody. Trying to get her point across. I love that. Right. Uh, a big one for me. This would be a large, large production number. Uh, in that is, uh, Shiv Palpatine, Darth Sidious singing "Unlimited Power." Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We. I knew we'd cross over on one. That, I, I, absolutely. And I wrote the word "powered ballad" next to it too. <laughs> right. Uh, I think he he gets up. It's he's yeah. putting on. He's putting the hood over. Right. Yes. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And then maybe when he announces the the creation of the Empire in front of the Senate, he he sings a little bit of it quietly to himself as a little reprise. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, two more for me. Um, jump into the sequels. There's a lot in the sequels, but I think one of the characters who is bursting with emotion is Kylo Ren. And the song mm-hmm. I want to hear from Kylo Ren is called I Will Finish. And then in parentheses, what you started. I will finish what you started. Yeah. Yep. A, a big song uh, to his grandfather's helmet. This is, uh, I think, may, maybe the end of the act before you go for intermission type song. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, finally, in the sequels, you know, I wanted to have uh, Kira's kind of a, a hero in, in my book in, in her own uh, twisted way. Uh, she's a victim of circumstances trying to make her way in the galaxy, but I wanted to have one that was just absolutely a hero. Um, I think it would be great if uh, at the end of The Last Jedi, when Luke's uh, looking out at those sons and looking forward to the, the next adventure as he is about to become one with the Force, if he had a a reprise of his uh, original I Want song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that'd be, oh, that'd be beautiful. And then if you have season yeah. tickets to the Pantages, you're like, oh, she was like that other one. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Same melody, but maybe with some different lyrics or, you know, yeah. ironically reinterpreted to show how far he's come. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so that is my list. Let's uh, let's hear yours. Uh, yeah, we're going to hear it with uh, some heavy equipment behind me here, some construction going on. So I apologize if anyone's hearing that. Uh, yeah, so this is, I, I, I feel like, Brendan, I have to qualify too. I, I love music, love rock music. Uh, I, I respect all forms of entertainment. I've never been a musical person, whether it's stage or, or movie. So, uh, I, but I feel you, Brendan, where you're like, yeah, no, no, I guess I don't really like these, but here's all my ideas about it. So maybe you like <laughs> them more than, more than you know. Uh, but I am someone who burned out a copy, VHS copy of Grease, uh, uh, Olivia Newton-John Travolta as a kid. I thought that <laughs> high school was going to be like. Um, so I did uh, Pal- uh, Palpatine's power ballad, Unlimited Powers, where I start to. I mean, how could he not? That's just, especially if yeah. McDarmage is unlimited power. You got to have that there. And then I thought we were going to cross over again, too, because uh, I went to Solo, Han and Kira, and I even went to Sovereign. Uh, you you, you uh, correctly focused on uh, uh, Kira and her, her themes and her... Uh, point of view but i want to this um, i want to hear the song good guy bad scoundrel Ooh, or it's a conversation yeah. piece and she's like you're a good guy hon why can't you face it i'm a scoundrel kira why can't you say it like, <laughs> I, this is what i want i want them back i want them back out that sounds like uh, an idea that came from somebody who wore out the VHS of Greece for sure. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, Savarine loving happens so fast. Corellia loving. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll stop. Uh, I'm not a singer. Uh, then uh, I uh, went to uh, Phantom Menace and yeah. I went to Shmi Skywalker's song, Time to Let Him Go. 
Oh, oh, that is painful and, right? and beautiful. <laughs> yes, right. And that, if I'm thinking of musical, just thinking of her, just like he was man to help you. Yeah. Uh, this <laughs> one. Uh, and then another sad one. I guess I'm going to sad musicals. <laughs> I want Cassian and Jin singing Your Father Would Be Proud. Oh. Just the title of that piece of music there uh, that is absolutely love. Uh, and I think, you know, she would uh, say things to him uh, as well about how his family would be proud, but I just love that moment there too. Um, and then uh, the final one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I can just really see the state, the production of that as they, they have this huge, huge note and then maybe ends with just a little small one. Father yeah. would have been proud. And then the wave comes up and the lights come down. Lights, yeah, the orange lights in the back of the house. And boom. And then, uh, you know, there we go. Yep. Now go buy your $8 small jug of ice cream with a wooden spoon. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and then I guess I could toss in one of my runner-ups was the uh, uh, Lene Lament, the caretaker song. Uh, about them working and Ray getting in the way of that. Uh, and then the final one to clear the palate, I guess, because I got, uh, you know, we had some sad tear jerking kind of songs going on here. I want uh, a fun montage piece called, uh, from Boba Fett and the Tus Tuscan tribe choir called Like a Bantha. <laughs> like a Bantha. Very good. Would you want a Sarlacc song called Feed Me, where it's just, it's yes. thrilled as things are being thrown into it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> give me that little shop to start like. Yeah. Little Shabbos like That is a great question that gave us a lot of joy, a lot of fun there, Brendan. So thank you. Move on to our final question. Sadly, non-musical, but we can always sing our answers, Ken. Uh, this comes from Steve Nort. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve says, hey, Ken and Joseph, I have a timeline question regarding the intersection of events between the Mandalorian Chapter 5 and Chapter uh, 4 of Book of Boba Fett. In Boba Fett, he notices the flares shot off in the distance from Din. Uh, by the time the events of Mando Episode 5 wrap up, Fennec was shot down around sunrise. An entire day would have likely passed by the time Boba arrived at the scene to find her body. Do we think it's reasonable to assume it took Boba a whole day's worth of travel to reach Fennec and for Fennec to be on the brink of death all day in the Tatooine sun? I am fine with suspending disbelief, and this in no way ruins anything for me. It's just something I noticed during a recent rewatch of Mando. Thanks for your thoughts. Uh, this is a good one. Yeah. Ken, have you done the rewatch to time out uh, exactly how long poor Fennec was lying there waiting to be rescued? I will now. Uh, I, I had a little bit of that thought watching it but yeah yeah i'm with with you on steve it's fun to think these things it doesn't take the joy away at all but uh yeah yeah i mean i guess you start joseph with it's just like them banthas is slow yeah no i mean i really do think that it, there is nothing in the way that bantha movement is shot that makes it feel like they're going <laughs> that yeah. they're going fast right you know uh, there's a reason they weren't catching that train on banthas um and there's been a lot of discussion about how did all this exactly when did all the time pass? Uh, and I think this from Boba coming out of the Sarlacc uh, to where we caught up, where he rescues Fennec, where it's been years, as he says, that's where I was trapped in the Sarlacc all those years ago. Mm -hmm. um, this might explain where the years went. Like if every time Boba's like, well, I'm going to go into town and check on something. <laughs> I'm going to go over to Jabba's palace if it took him. A couple days each time. Yeah. Uh, it starts to explain where the years went. I, I love it. I, I think part of it is uh, it's uh, being such a Game of Thrones fan. You just have to sometimes realize this scene is happening uh, nine months after the previous scene. <laughs> this, this one, <laughs> a lot of time happens, a lot of different places. So I, yeah, I'm with you, Steve, on that one there. Yeah, I just think it took time. And I think, yeah, Fennec was gone, dead, and uh, in a way to me. So uh, all, uh, all, all more uh, reason to celebrate the uh, wretched and fate sometimes shining on him. 
Yeah, yeah. Left for Dead on the Sands of Tatooine. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think this time I, I rewatched it briefly because I hadn't watched some of those beats and that was a really fun reason to. So thank you for that, Steve. Um, but yeah, I think it tracks pretty much that Fennec is shot at sunrise and even in that Mando episode, it's night again mm-hmm. uh, when when Boba comes to her. Um, so yeah, I think either it took Boba a day or there's always this possibility that Boba had a whole other adventure on the way that we don't know about. Like he would have yeah. been there. in 20 minutes uh but some other exciting adventure that we'll read a book about sometime happened uh yeah absolutely he went he you know what he went he went and purchased uh, leia's dress from the ewoks (laughs) he left planet wow wow like i'm gonna go check these out but oh bumped into something uh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. fascinating stuff um and then for me like yeah I, i think uh I do have a little bit of headcanon that, you know, Fennec Scott uh, looks like some good armor. So I think for me, that's my headcanon about why mm. she was able to uh, live as long as she did. Not only until Boba found her, but then Boba mm. taking her uh, to the parlor. Yeah. 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 Little protective systems in there. Who knows? Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously things didn't go great uh, for Fennec's organs, but she did live for quite some time. I know she's got some great uh, mechanical artwork in her now. She sure does. Why cover it up? It's beautiful. Uh, great, great scene in that mod parlor, in my opinion. Uh, any other thoughts on this question? No, I love it. Love it. Uh, and, and just, yeah, uh, love uh, that we can climb into the stories. And Star Wars always has those little uh, shadows of story that uh, you need to roam around in. Yeah, absolutely. And Star Wars timelines and exactly how long it takes to get from point A to point B are, ooh, that's going to be a whole field of study 100 years from now. Yeah. Uh, those are our questions, Ken. Uh, those are our questions, and that is our episode. A lot of fun hanging out with all of you here today. Uh, if you want to uh, connect with us, ask your own questions. When we post uh, a tweet looking for questions, you can do so by following us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We are on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We can be found on a lot of spots, including ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Currently have a show running exclusively on the Companion. Check out the Companion app, sign up, and get, get our show, Databank Dive. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, if you want to find uh, me, uh, you found me. I'm here. I'm here in Force Center, but you can go uh, to uh, KenAppsuck.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and like at KenAppsuck. We always like to highlight things that are uh, uh, charities, uh, causes, things that are important to us right now. I'm still highlighting the fine folks at St. Baldrick's Foundation at stbaldricks.org. This is a not-for-profit organization with the aim of raising funds to help fight uh, find cures for children with cancer. And uh, my friend uh, Jeff Saunders, a uh, podcaster, a great guy, and uh, uh, a nurse at a uh, children's cancer hospital does work with them. And they've got a big shave, head shaving charity drive coming up. You can support uh, his or just any uh, anyone uh, under the St. Baldrick's banner by going to stbaldricks.org. That's great. There you go. Joseph Yu. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Grimshaw, and you can check out all my other comedy adventures on my website, josephsgrimshaw.com. Uh, I would like to highlight uh, the group Illuminative. Here's what the group has to say about themselves. Created and led by Native peoples, Illuminative is a new nonprofit initiative designed to increase the visibility of and challenge the negative narrative about Native nations and peoples in American society. Uh, some of their projects include creating opportunities for Native creators in TV and film, uh, ending the use of Native 
cultures, mascots and sports, uh, native storytelling projects, and a bunch more stuff. So if you're interested in finding out more, donating, getting involved, you can go to Illuminatives.org. Great stuff. Wonderful choice there. Joseph, and what a fun episode. I am going to go sing with Kira Han, Shmi, and the Banthas. So for Joseph, for uh, all of you listening, thank you. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.